0: Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm the director of Below the Line, an Irish-based consultancy specialising in helping people, teams and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and wellbeing. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers or as parents, family members or friends? We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm delighted to welcome back another very special guest, Paul Gleason. For those of you familiar with Below the Line, you will know that Paul is a founding member of the team who as a possessor of an adventurous spirit has undertaken and completed some amazing feats of human endurance, which include cycling across Australia, rowing the atlantic ocean and exploring the far reaches of the arctic in a slight change from our normal format i asked paul to sit down with me to tell me about his latest adventure which involved leading an expedition to climb mont blanc the highest mountain in the alps and western europe earlier this year what follows is a conversation in which we explored where the inspiration for this particular expedition came from what was involved in preparing for it the personal challenges paul overcame on the trip as well as the lessons that we can all take from an experience like scaling a mountain and bring back and apply in our everyday lives and work. Huge thanks to Paul for taking the time to do this, and we hope you enjoy this one. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie, where you can stay up to date with our podcast, as well as our exclusive online events and sessions, including our Press Pause coaching community. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Before we start this week's episode I'd like to take a minute to let you know about the next in-person event we are hosting on the 2nd and 3rd of March 2023 in the beautiful Brook Lodge Hotel and Spa in McCredden Village, County Wicklow. Our first elemental leadership experience took place earlier in October 2022 and it went so well that we decided to do it all again. As we all know the past few years have been a mixed experience for us all. For some, it has been about stress management, coping and surviving, both personally and professionally, while for others, it has been a time for recovery, reflection and self-care. Either way, we all know and can see that yet again, our world is changing and with it, so must our mindset, our attitude and our energy, which is why we're offering you the opportunity to recharge your leadership, rediscover your performance edge and re-inspire yourself to successfully meet the moment and challenge of right now. At the Elemental Leadership Experience, you will be a participant in two days of inspiring sessions, workshops, and talks facilitated by the Below the Line team of expert business and performance coaches, all while enjoying wonderful accommodation and hospitality in a beautiful part of the world with a group of like-minded, success oriented people. Places are limited, so if this sounds like something you want to be a part of, head over to www.belowtheline.ie for full details on how you can reserve your place and avail of our early bird rate an offer which extends until the first of December, twenty twenty-two. Thanks for listening, and now on with the show. Right. Well, look, we'll, we'll kick off. So, um, so I suppose, Paul, I, I've invited John. Look, obviously, you remember the Blow the Line team and, and and a colleague and a pal and all the rest. And I'm I'm taking a slightly different uh, tact than our my our usual format on the podcast here because you have um, earlier on this year. Uh, done a, a you know another one of your adventure treks up and this time was to to mont blanc and i wanted to just ask you about that you know for my own curiosity and because hopefully a few people listening to this might kind of uh be be suitably uh interested in finding out about the trip so maybe the best place to start is what motivates you to take on what sorry what motivated you to take on that this particular challenge earlier on this year
1: yeah, yeah. Good to, be, good to be on again, Dave. Um, I guess we, we were chatting a couple of minutes before, you know, off air before we started this. And one of the things that you said to me was that, you know, I like the way you go off doing these different trips or expeditions. And you, you sort of bring something back, I guess, for myself and also in the work that, that we do with clients. And believe it or not, that was pretty much where the idea for Mont Blanc came from. So, lots of people will know Mont Blanc. It's it's the the highest mountain in Western Europe. It's uh, just under. It's 4,800 meters in the French Alps, and it's a it's a mountain that's very very climbable. Lots of people do it every year. Um, it does require um, an element of acclimatization and an element of technical mountaineering. Um, it's at the lower end of the technical scale, but nonetheless, you do need to have some and technical uh, skills and learning in there. Um, But the idea for it originally was, going back to last year, I guess I wanted other people to experience the benefits of taking on an adventure trip. So to your point about not just for doing and the whole experience of preparing and doing a trip like this, but also to to use that as, as, I guess, as a learning arena for what they might learn about themselves, what they can learn about life, what they can learn from the whole experience um, and bring that back into their own lives at a, a personal and a professional level. Um, so I, I, I put it out to a couple of people, a couple of clients, and um, we put a team of six together. So over the course of about six months, we, we prepared to, to climb Mont Blanc, which involved going over to Scotland, doing some training, a long weekend over in the Scottish Highlands. And training together in Dublin, you know, individually, as well as training as a team. And, and what we did as part of that then was we said, okay, we've, we've set our sights on somewhere in Mont Blanc. We'll have a week over in France when, when, when the time to do the trip comes around, about nine days actually to do it. And over the prep time, we said, well, you know, what do our summits look like away from the mountain? So what are our summits like in real life? Um, what are the things that we want to be experiencing? Are there tweaks or changes we want to make? Are there certain outcomes or goals that we're pursuing? So we, I guess, I layered the the coaching work um, into the whole experience of training and preparing for it. Um, and you know, when we when we got over there, uh, and we can we we'd circle around and in and out of this, but I guess one of the conversations that was. Was one of the highlights for me was when you do Mont Blanc, it, it's a two day push to the actual summit. So the first you know, five, six days over there, you're, you're climbing different ridges and, and you're, you're getting used to the altitude and you're sort of working on your, your technical skills and getting used to a bit of exposure as well. Can come back to that in a while if you want. But um, when we finished the climb and we, we managed to, to make the summit and we were coming back down and we we're having a conversation, three of us there. And two of the guys, one, one of the guys said to the other, um, God, like when you think about what we've just done, like any of the challenges we have in life, they, they're, they're nothing, you know, they're a piece of, <laughs> insert in the word. Um, and I just said to them, and they both agreed on this. And I, I just, I lit up, I said, guys, that's exactly why I wanted, to not just do this myself, but to, to try and put a team together and we do it when people experience something like that, that's one of the fundamental things they can take from it is to go, wow, I've, I've put myself in really out of my comfort zone and I've experienced some anxiety, I've experienced a challenge physically, mentally, emotionally. And I think you find more of what's in yourself when you do something like that. And definitely, it, it, to me, it evolves your perspective so you can bring that back with you. So that, that was, I guess, that was the motivation behind the trip, and, and when we got back, I said to the guys, let's continue this experience, I hadn't planned this for another couple of months, where we'll we'll do some reflection work together on integrating what we've learned from this and about, you know, building on, I guess, some of the intentions and, and some of the work that we've done earlier. So I guess it's it's evolved, you know, I, I sort of put, I guess, a title on this as, you know, the Expedition Mindset Experience, um, but the, you know, it'll turn out to be, I guess, the the guts of 12 months of of work that we get to do together. And I say work, I mean, it's everything we've done together with the team has been in the outdoors and up the mountains and outside for for a lot of it. Even in terms of the the coaching work, it has been a real, I guess, experiential flavour, not flavour to it.
0: You mentioned a six-month preparation period. I'm just wondering, physically, mentally, what were some of the, the things that went into that preparation for anyone again it, listening to this and thinking gosh I'd love to take something like this on where do you where does one go about starting
1: yeah I, I think the first thing I'd say is that for most of these types of trips yeah you've got to be physically fit and <clears throat> you've got to put the work in I think when you put the work in it makes the experience more enjoyable you know um so i guess the way we we so i i would say anyone listening to this if someone has an interest or a grow to take on some form of a challenge whatever it may be um i just say back yourself because with the right preparation and planning 100 percent in my belief you, you can do it um so i guess what we did we started off with with different chunks the first sort of five six weeks um Personally, I had a couple of little niggles physically that I I, I wanted to iron out and I needed to iron out. So um, we did a bit of sort of um, a little bit of base work. Everybody had had a level of fitness in them. I just encourage people to look if you've got any niggles in joints, get them checked out because when you're up on a mountain, if you're carrying weight on your pack, the mountain will find any imbalance or any sort of weaknesses that might be there. So the first thing, whether it was alignment, whether it was um, soft tissue, whether it was ligaments, tendons, you know, for me, I had, I had a little bit of my hip that I wanted to develop just in terms of balance between my left and my right side in terms of some of the, the ligaments and tendons and stuff. So worked with a physio over a period of about six weeks. So then we sort of, we, we eased into it that way. Everybody was doing their own physical preparation. Then what we did was we, we sort of started to train together. So we would do night hikes during the week where we'd always go out in with a pack, like invariably half the pack was filled with wood uh, to to simulate the weight of of what we would be carrying. So, and also just at nighttime, like some of the, the local hills and stuff that we went up, you know, when it gets foggy and it gets a bit windier, what can be very apparent is not very apparent. So it was getting used to just uncomfortable, you know, sort of wet, windy situations. Which wasn't going to necessarily replicate what we were going to have on Mont Blanc, but just I guess from a mindset perspective uh, and just being up in the dark because we would have we would have been out early in the day of the summit push. We would have been hiking in the dark, so getting some comfort with that. Um, I, I remember actually one of the earlier days, myself and one of the guys, Tomas, we were up um, up knock. and um, so we weren't you know far remote or anything, but we we both had two fairly decent sized rucksacks packed with wood. And it was quite windy and we were sort of getting blown over a bit up towards the top. I remember saying to Tomás, <laughs> I was like, actually, do you know what? We have nothing of practical use in this bag if one of us gets injured. <laughs> but even just that alone is a bit of, okay, let's just, you know, let's, let's keep thinking about what, what we're doing. Um, and then I guess we sort of opted. we went over to the Scottish Highlands. We trained with um, a climbing company over there to get certain skills, you know, getting used to being on ice, using crampons, using our ice axe, uh, looking at belaying, um, looking about how we rope up together. When you travel across a glacier, you, know, you you do need to be roped up properly and, and looking out for certain things. So um, that was important. And then we also did a lot of indoor rock climbing, which was really apart from being great fun um there's a we, we went into um it's a great climbing facility called awesome walls just off the just the fingless entrance there our fingless exit in the M50 fantastic place um but that allowed everyone again getting comfortable with being in a harness and just having some exposure to a bit of height you know and, and, and the sensation of climbing and moving the body in that way um we then did, we did work together then um, as a team, I guess, with looking at what do we want to get out of this experience and why is this important to all of us individually? What's going to make this you know, a really meaningful experience to us and um, what do we want from the journey of this? Um, I think I'm, in the past, I nearly would have been a little bit apologetic about using that cliche, oh, you know, the journey, what do we want to get out of it? But I actually, I'm just not apologetic for it anymore because it is about the journey. Um, Whether it's overly used or not, I I just don't care because it's just the experience of, you know, you could climb a summit or you could build a business up or you could do various different things. But if you haven't enjoyed the journey of it, you know, for me, I'm like, what's the point? Uh, So there was a lot of that work that we did together then. So I guess it all sort of came into... You know, we did some visualisation work as well, where, you know, the work that we did was, was physical, mental and emotional, I think. You know, there was different dimensions to it in terms of how we, how we prepped. But it was just so much fun. Like, I remember the night before or the week before we were going to leave, I had the, the team over, the guys over in my house, and we had a little fire pit outside and a couple of beers and, and, and a meal and just getting us together before we left. And, and one of the guys commented, he's was like, like, regardless of what happens over here, I've had a great time already six months. So there was just, you know, as a, even from a team perspective, like I think, if, you know, if, if we were an intact team in a company, for example, like after an experience like that, there's nothing you wouldn't do together. You know, there's nothing. It would just radically change how, how you are because you've just experienced something a bit special with each other. And you've experienced highs and lows, obviously, you know, as part of that.
0: One of the things you said to me in the past about some of the other trips and adventure things that you've done is that they were mental challenges, probably more so than they were physical challenges. Would this fall into that bracket as well, or what would you think
1: um, yeah I, I think I think to maybe to a lesser extent, I think no that's actually probably it's probably not fair to say. I think yeah, it is where I'd see this has been quite a mental and emotional challenge um, was, first of all, I guess, committing to it. Because a lot of us, myself included, we didn't necessarily know because we were starting off really from scratch in terms of mountaineering experience. Like We've all hiked up mountains, but, you know, we were starting from scratch at that point. Um, So I think think it's committing to something where you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And you don't necessarily know the amount of, of what's involved that's a, that's a mental piece too, and an emotional piece, and I think the emotional piece is around to what degree can you emotionally handle the discomfort of being outside your comfort zone, and also the amount of uncertainty, and change, and unknown that's going to be in there, um, I think that can, that can sometimes put people off lots of things in life, so I also think as we, you know, as it got closer, and you know, when we went into, we were up in Scotland, like we four days in the highlands, it pretty much rained and snowed, probably more rain than snow, so high snowed higher up. Uh, for the four days we were there, so there's a little bit of it's not that you physically need to be in a certain place, maybe to a point you do, but it's just mentally getting used to the, <laughs> the misery and the discomfort of some of that as well. Um, and having said that in the same breath, it was great crap too, you know, doing it all together. So that was a piece, and I, I do think then the mental side. When we got over there and we arrived into Chamonix and we spent a the night there, there we I partnered obviously with an expedition, a guiding company to do mountaineering company. So we had three professional guides with us um, who were instructing us on various different things and building on, on what we'd done in Scotland. But when when we went up the first four first four days and we're we up climbing different different ridges or aretes as they call them over there like. The exposure that we ended up getting was, you know, you're going up some vertical stuff, and you know you're roped in. But you, you know, I, I came across an image the other day, and I don't know, it was a couple of hundred foot drop below you. You know, pretty much, you know, if you fall, you're gone. But but you're roped up, and it's it's very very well done and safe, so paramount. But that, I guess, every day, like we finish, we get to you know maybe a new hut where we were going to stay, and you're literally climbing into some of these huts off the ridge. So they're just they're sort of on the ridge. It's really well done. Um, but then we sort of, we climb over onto this thing and we're like, wow, look at <laughs> look this So definitely the, the mental and emotional piece there in terms of handling yourself on, you know, some, some pretty exposed stuff for us, that was, a, that was a very significant part of it, which again, I think transcends back into everyday life for lots of us. How we handle ourselves emotionally and mentally in maybe stressful situations or you know, challenging situations or opportunity that might be in front of us, but might involve uncertainty in it.
0: What you're what you're talking about there, you know, you can you can turn around and physically look down at how far you've come and go, wow, and give yourself a pat on the back and that gives you a boost. And so many people in life, whether it's their own career or their families or their business or whatever it might be, we tend not often to look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. We can often look at it and go, oh, I'm not I'm not farther along enough, you know, but you're, you're physically seeing what you're what you're doing and kind of go, wow. And I think if an awful lot of us could do that, we'd probably just give ourselves that pat on the back a little bit more often or that that nod of our word of encouragement or say, you know, keep going or fair play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you notice, David, as well as I do, like with coaching, is that often in, in the work that we do, that's part of what you're doing is you're you're encouraging people to tap into the experience and the wisdom that they have so that they can they can use that in a way that's relevant for them. And I think you know, I, I give you a, a real practical example. The night so the night before um, the summit push, so we, we gone the first day, we we're in, in one hut. And the next day, we were going to leave at about four in the morning. And the, it would have been, you know, it turned out to be a 14-hour round trip uh, day to summit and get back down again. And it was always going to be weather dependent. So the conditions the night before with the forecast, the wind were, were a fair bit stronger than what was forecasted. So we knew, look, we'll set off, we'll see how things go. Because with lots of trips, you, you have a forecast, and then you've got to assess what's actually happening around you as well um so we when we left like the night before it was like you could see the nervous energy you know amongst everyone myself included the mixture of nerves and excitement and the physiology and you know this the physiology of excitement and anxiety are pretty much identical There's just a different emotional lens that we're, we're viewing something through so if i get really anxious about something and then there's also party that was really excited about it. It was like you know before a big game. Because I guess, joking aside, this was the this was the serious piece that we had arrived at. Not the serious piece, but it was the summit piece. Um, so I was sitting. We all had. I had these little um, these little booklets. I'm just showing it to you here. But you know, Everyone had one of these little diaries with them that we had done up in advance. And when I go on trips, I often journal different things, just ideas, thoughts, stuff that. Maybe if I don't write it down, it won't necessarily stick with me post-trip. And one of the things that I was doing that night was just thinking about three words to describe how I want to show up into this summit day tomorrow. Um, And the three words that I had were be calm, be determined, and be courageous. So for me, calm was just being, okay, if you get to certain ridges and there's a bit of exposure, Just focus on my breathing, focus on my steps. Just keep doing what, forget about looking at the exposure um, and just stay calm and use my breath. The the courageous piece was around as I get higher and higher, if I do experience altitude sickness or if I do experience that, I guess, the fear or the worry around any exposure, it's just come back to just be courageous. Just bring this out in you. And just focus on that and just do your absolute best. You're with the team, you're with the guys. Keep doing that over and over again. And then the determined piece was more around, I could imagine, as you get higher and higher and the air gets thinner, we were all fit. But you're also, you're fighting and you're, you know, it's a slog. It is a slog. So just keep those three words in my mind and know what they mean and forget about the outcome there. It was like, the outcome will be whatever it'll be. But just bring... I guess all of me and the best of me into this situation tomorrow. So that was, a, I guess, a practical example, maybe in terms of the, the mental and emotional side. And again, you know, from chats that we've had over the years, that's a very simple practice that's very translatable into a day-to-day. I do it pretty much every day now. I just think about part of my own compass setting that we do, is think about, right, how do I want to be today? How do I want to show up today? Thinking about my day ahead and different days, will require maybe different things. You know, some days maybe, you know, I want to be decisive today. You know, some days maybe being really present is is particularly important for whatever reason, et cetera, et cetera. So it's whatever that sort of is. And that was, I guess, in that particular instance, you know, you're sitting in, in darkness in the hut doing this and feeling the emotions you're feeling. And it's one thing to do it, but I think because it's so simple and easy, I could refer back to it. And I did refer back to it throughout the
0: summit. You mentioned it earlier, and it's something that you're, you're currently working uh, on a book on, but the, the expedition mindset, which I have said to you, I've just been very taken by um, as a just as a way of looking at, at the world, uh, particularly at a time when I'm talking to you and we're facing into all sorts of potentially challenging times with the the winter and uh, an energy crisis and and war uh, in Ukraine, et cetera. Um, Just could you talk to me about the expedition mindset a little bit and explain it for people listening and um, maybe how did that help or manifest on the expedition?
1: Yeah, it's something that I guess probably, I won't say it came to me, but I started to sort of lean into this um, about two years ago uh, towards the earlier part of COVID. And I guess, You know, the point we were talking about earlier on, where as coaches, when we work with people, we're trying to encourage people to tap into their own genius, their own experience, their own wisdom, all the good stuff that they have. It's just a matter of bringing that out. So I guess I was turning that mirror on myself, particularly at the start of COVID when, you know, lots of businesses, you know, ourselves being a business that was 100% in person before COVID, like, right, shit, what do we do now? Um, you know, so there was lots of that going on for us and for lots of other people, of course. So I guess when I turned that reflection mirror on myself, I thought about what I've learned from adventure trips and, and expeditions over the years. And one of the beautiful things with, if I think of a big expedition, so whether it's, you know, some of the Arctic trips or the Atlantic or, or any, you know, Australia, is you get a very clear picture of what you're trying to do you know, you've got a really strong vision that you connect with emotionally around what does success look like? What's meaningful for you? Not just as an outcome or an end point, but the whole journey along to it. And when you break down an expedition, you've clarity on that. You've clarity on then what do I need to do to prepare and to do this when I'm out there on the trip What are the things and the tools I'm going to need in terms of dealing with fear and stress and uncertainty and change? So I thought to myself, a mindset of what I've now called the expedition mindset is really appreciating that, like for us, in my opinion, life is just a series of expeditions that we go on. So you and I were talking beforehand, we've just moved to Kinsale. There's a whole little mini expedition over the past, whatever, six months or a year going a little journey that we're on as a family. And, you know, now there'll be another one and another one and another one. So for me, it's a, it's a mindset that you can bring. And part, a key part of that mindset for me is around understanding that, yeah, like some of what you've mentioned with the energy crisis, you know, Brexit, the war, et cetera, et cetera, all the various different things that are happening, it's going to be probably something else and something else and something else. So part of an expedition mindset is like, well, when I go out in an ocean, of course I'm going to get hit by storms. That's what happens in an ocean. So it's nearly going out, not that you're looking for difficult things on a journey, but they're going to happen. So accept them and prepare for them. And I think by doing that, you're less roughish when, when things go sideways. And I guess if I think about an expedition mindset, and this is, I guess, what I'm writing the book on, is these sort of three parts. The first one is exploring within yourself. So it's, it's looking at, Well, where am I right now? What's my starting point in terms of where I want to get to? And part of your starting point, which is the the first chapter of this or the second chapter of the book, is around connecting the dots and understanding. You mentioned this earlier about people maybe giving themselves a pat on the back for what they've done and, and for progress they've made on different things. So part of understanding, exploring within part of your starting point is also your mindset. It's how you look on your situation, how you look on the world, and that's informed and shaped in part by the experiences that we've had. So part of that exploring within is exploring a little bit of your journey to date and understanding, and there's ways and means in the book, obviously, to do this, but it's understanding what's impacted me in terms of how I see the world and my own perspective and different things. Is that useful? Do I wanna change my narrative around some of that? Um, so the exploring within is looking at that. It's looking at the whole area of mental fitness and agility, it's understanding, you know, the elements of my soul, what's fueling me, what's unique to David And if I think of, of how incredibly gifted and talented you are in music and, and all that you do there. And, you know, that feeds an element of your soul. Part of the exploring within for an expedition mindset is also knowing well, what nourishes my soul so what are the journeys I want to go on what are the things maybe that are going to be important to me moving forward so that exploring within is, is a big part of it and then you're looking at sort of I guess embarking on your journey so you're looking at well what's meaningful in terms of where I want to go what I want to do why does that matter to me and that's a real thing with, with when you go on a trip I guess and you just, the, the mindset, the expedition mindset, to me, it's more than just a frame of mind, but it's something that energetically changes you. You're just, you're so connected and you're excited, you're passionate about it. And I'm not suggesting everything that we might do in, in sort of re, quote unquote, our day-to-day lives might be as exciting for me, at least in terms of doing an expedition. But there's definitely lots of connection points that I can have that will fuel it so it's it's looking at embarking on the journey what does that meaningful vision look like Um, what are the skills i need what is the prep and everything i need to do but a big part of that is also is to what degree do i need to reduce my emotional attachment to what other people think and i think sometimes and i include myself in this because i i've walked this path we can have strong emotional attachment to what other people think and that can influence the choices that we make consciously and unconsciously. So it's, it's, it's not that you just let go of that and not suggesting someone goes, I don't care what anyone else thinks. But it's more, can I just reduce that emotional attachment? And if I can reduce that emotional attachment to what other people think, it frees, it frees you up a little bit more to go, okay, now, what do I want? What do I want in my life? And it might be different. I mean, we've I, we shared, we've shared, look, like, stories of this before notably when when I've done particularly some of the bigger trips and you know my family understandably not happy about it and I guess that's a road that I've walked to sort of loosen that grip of emotional attachment because if I hadn't I wouldn't have done some of those things I know my mother would probably be delighted you know if I hadn't done them but I wouldn't have been doing them because I would have been worried about what my family think or or me hurting them and, and, you know, that emotion attachment could be things like that. It can be fear of what other people think. Um, it can be fear of failure, fear of judgment. So, again, it, it may be relevant for people. It may be less relevant for lots of people. It's just that's a part of that embarking on the journey is, I guess, freeing yourself up to take the journey that you want. And then the sort of third part in, in, in so if you think about the exploring within, you're sort of embarking on your journey and then the, the third part is when you're in the arena, you know, you're in the cut and thrust of, of your journey is things like guarding your, your airspace, your and emotional airspace. So being careful and being conscious about what you let into your airspace. So people in your life, people you listen to, what you tune into in terms of news, in terms of media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you get into the I guess some of the tools and techniques around God, I, I want to go outside my comfort zone on this. How do I get there? How do I do that? How do I navigate change and uncertainty? Um, so there's there's lots, I guess, in that. But that's a that's a maybe a slightly long winded um, or a brief
0: version. I think the other thing that I've had. When struck by, um you mentioned emotional attachment there um, to maybe what other people think of you, etc. But I, I think the other powerful part of this idea of having an expedition mindset is, you know, as, as human beings, we're, we're hardwired to want and expect and to be comfortable with certainty. We like knowing what's going to happen we like knowing that we're going to be safe and we don't like it when um war breaks out or inflation goes up and that type of stuff and it just it knocks us off balance and it bends us out of shape and it creates stress in us and i think what i'm hearing from you is you know an expedition mindset is hopefully just designed to help you and loosen that connection if you like between the need for insert for the need for certainty versus living and being a little bit more comfortable in uncertainty by by getting you to do two things first of all make you aware of that and just kind of help you unhook that kind of unhealthy link at times but it's also about you know those daily practices and habits and rituals that just help you um stay conscious of that um that hardwiring. if i'm making any sense
1: no absolutely and it's a really really good point Dave. i think that the daily practices or the weekly rituals, the things that we all do for ourselves. You know, you and I have referred to this before as, as our, our DNA, our daily non-negotialities, like what, what are the things throughout the course of my day and my week that I do for myself, whether that's exercise, walking the dog, reading a book, meditating, whatever it is that that brings not just an element of of, of joy and enjoyment for you. Um, but also that that helps with your your state of mind obviously and they're, they're obviously they're they're nearly one of the same so like if I'm you know I mentioned to you before we started I, you know down in Kinsale now you know we're swimming in the sea pretty much every day and I know just that as as one little thing it might only be 10-15 minutes but as one practice that I have and I know that helps me navigate various different things going on in my life at the moment so I think you're absolutely right that the you can, you can break it down to some of these practices that are not the be-all and end-all, they're part of it and they're a very important part of it. But I think you're right, that can help them with the acceptance of and unhooking, as you say, from, okay, do you know what? Yeah, there's lots of stuff that, aren't, that isn't certain right now and there's things that I don't have the answer to. But guess what? Because of maybe my 10 minutes in the sea this morning, I can bring a little bit more ease into that And I can shift my lens of focus to, yeah, there's lots of things that I don't know. But guess here's what I do know. I do know I'm healthy. I do know I'm absolutely fortunate to have a healthy healthy, and happy family. I do know I get to do work that I enjoy. I do know I have lots of great people in my life. Yes, I also know that there's challenges there, 100%. So it's just the reminding of, I guess, what we do have and the perspective that we do have um, in our lives, I think that, to your point, then, can bring a little bit more ease into that uncertainty piece. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're you're right. And if if I said to like if I said to you or if you said to me, Paul, I can tell you with absolute certainty everything that's going to happen over the next ten years. So in two years this will happen, in six months this will happen, et cetera, et cetera. If you asked me that, I'd say I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I like I, I want a bit of unknown in there. I, like lots of people I think if you ask them, do you want me to tell you everything that'll happen? Some people might say yes, but I know a lot of people would say no, sure. You're gonna crack it, not known as well.
0: where you're joining the dots for me as I listen to you is what I referred to earlier about Someone like yourself goes off on, on some of these trips and people kind of go, oh, God, I'd, I'd never do that or that's crazy or whatever it might be. But, you know, you mentioned journaling before you uh, attempted uh, the summit at Mont Blanc, um, and how that helped you just get through that that 14 hour uh, ascent and descent. But that to me is is something that absolutely can be brought into somebody's daily practice in a way that works. For them on their terms in their own way and it's uh, like i said it's just that example for me of the seemingly crazy kind of ideas or, or or trips but the things that happen on them and the things that you use to get through them are absolutely the things that anybody could be adapting into their own daily habits and practice and lives at work leadership whatever one you want to kind of look at it
1: yeah 100 100 and i think it's like you also when you not just even a trip, you don't even have to be on a trip but like if someone if someone goes out on a run, it's funny. I heard I was listening to I listened to loads of different things, as as I'm sure you don't know you do as well. But I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking with um I think it was Alex Honnold, the the climber who free soloed um El Capitan in, in, in um in Yosemite in the States. Remarkable achievement, but I, I think it was out to in anyway. They were chatting about this whole idea of that when you stress yourself, so when you go out and Maybe you do a 10K or a 5K or you go for a swing or you do a yoga class, whatever it might be. But when you sort of push yourself a little bit, um, you then come back and you, you, you're equipped for other stresses or other challenges. You're, I think you're better resourced because you've, you've sort of pushed yourself a little bit. And maybe you might've been out of breath for a while. Maybe you might've been you know, stretching in a way that was uncomfortable, but you've experienced At a physical and an emotional level, maybe a bit of discomfort, a bit of stress, and a bit of uncertainty, obviously definitely on the trips you have, and I think that goes into your unconscious or your subconscious, your your bank, your memory bank, and you go, right, I can call on that. It's a different type, maybe, of stress or a different type of discomfort, but hey, I'm in an uncomfortable situation now, no problem, you know, like if I go into a situation that I might be a little bit uncomfortable or unknown, or there's uh, lots of uncertainty there. And I have lots of stuff I can call up. a well, come here. I was hanging off a wall a couple of weeks ago in the middle of the Alps. Like, that was a lot of uncertainty. Grand, you know, so it's just, I think it's just the conscious reframing of certain situations that we're in that that, that helps with.
0: You mentioned uh, this kind of trip um, has extended into some kind of 12-month um, type of experience for people. Um, but I'm wondering, what's what's next? Do you have another uh idea or adventure up your sleeve or or what's how is that going to pan out
1: yeah i guess it's funny like (laughs) i can say yes and no um i don't necessarily sort of go around looking for right what's the next thing it tends to sort of this might sound a bit funny to say it tends to sort of organically happen and i guess look i probably have a a radar that is even at an unconscious level wondering "Mm, i wonder what could be next um so I guess to answer your question I don't have something in mind right now I'm looking at a couple of things um potentially for next year and I don't know whether whether it's something that I go off and do or whether it's something you know sort of do a similar experience with a group or a team um I haven't yet fully landed on that um but I guess you know the reality of of my world I was talking to Colette my wife the other day and you know, I'm following Damien Brown, who's out rowing the, the North Atlantic at the moment and doing incredible. He's pushing on, I think, 90, 91 days as, you know, at the time we were, we we're having this conversation. I think he's just under 400 miles from Galway. So he started off in, in New York. He's, he's doing phenomenal um, in what he's doing. But I guess what I was talking to Colette about this and she was like, oh, would you have a, a graph for something like that? And I said, well, look, there's a part of me has a grow for these longer trips that are more challenging. And there's a part of me and a huge part of me that doesn't because I'm a dad and we have two young kids and I'm a husband. So I guess at the moment, for me anyway, it's about, I mean, I'm blessed that Colette knows this is a part of me. Um, Like last year with Bon Blanc, you know, our little one, Thea was was only a couple of months old. Sorry, what I'm saying, this year, I'm losing track of time, sleep deprivation. Um, you know, this, this year, I guess she was she was one, you know, knows maybe two and a half. And I went off for, you know, nine days. And, and I guess Colette knows, she said, look, yeah, take a week, knock yourself out, do something. So I think part of what I'm contemplating, coming back to your question, is, you know, what, what bit of mischief or what bit of crack could I get up over, over over a week? Um, and I, for me, it's more, it's, it's not just about the challenge of the trip, the adventure. I think there's a bit more depth to it now in, in terms of, you know, what can I learn and how potentially could this benefit other people and through the work that we do, you know? So don't get me wrong, it's, it's there's a self-interest in this. I love doing this, but I guess, like for the example of this year, you know, opening up something like Mont Blanc to five or six people and say, hey, here's an experience, do you fancy it? Um, I suspect there'll be another version of that that'll emerge over the next couple of months, but nothing, (laughs) nothing crystal clear just yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, the only thing I think that's certain is something's going to be happening and, happen and just don't know what. So uh, watch this space, everyone. So look, Paul, Um, you've been really generous with your time. And I think for anyone listening to this, there's huge amounts of insight and knowledge and experience that they can uh, be extracting from this. And whether that's um, trying something like this um, on their own terms or just taking some, some of those simple ideas and applying them to their own lives themselves, their, their teams, their organization, their leadership. So thanks a million for being so generous with your time and and, and uh, chatting to me this morning
1: uh not at all my pleasure thanks again for, for your time too and, and doing this oh, not really enjoyed it
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's conversation we hope you enjoyed it if you like what you heard and want to stay in touch with us then please head over to www.belowtheline.ie to subscribe to our mailing list and to explore our upcoming programmes and events, including our Elemental Leadership Experience, coming up on the 2nd and 3rd of March 2023. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening.